Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Big Abashir, where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. The Perky Office Podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, where we actively encourage Jews to think and engage in the search of how to be intentionally Jewish. Check us out on intentionaljew.com. Okay, so I put up on the side, I put up the, the chopped up Mishnah. When I say chopped up Mishnah, it means that I pulled um, the pieces from the Mishnah, the final pieces that we're going to learn um, today. And uh, Mitzvah will get through all of this today. The, and, it's, and like I've been mentioning all along, that it's not just one Mishnah, it's really two Mishnayos, because the first Mishnah lists their qualities, and then the next Mishnah talks about the good and the bad um, pathways that, uh, that their, their teacher, that Rabbi Yochanan Mitzake, told them to find. So we're up to, we did the first three, we're up to four students number four and five. Um, in a minute, I'm going to put it up again for anybody that's come that, that's come after I when I put it up if they don't see it. So just we'll just give it another minute and then uh, and then I'll put it up again. Okay. So the mission says like this: Rabbi Shimon ben Nisano is a yare chait; he fears heaven. Rabbi Elazar ben Arach is mayan hamizgaber; he is an ever rejuvenating. Um, Mayon and every rejuvenating spring. So those are the last two students and the praises that he gives to his last two students. Then he turns to his students and he says, tell me the thing that is most important for you to, um, to, to develop in your lifetime. And what's the, most, what's the most important thing in order to be able to, you feel, to be able to foster what your strength is, to be able to foster that in the world? What's the most important thing? So Rabbi Shimon says, Haroa Esanolad. Rabbi Shimon says the most important quality. Now, remember, before Rabbi Shimon, um, there was good eye, good neighbor, good friend. And now he says that what's the best quality that a person should have? The best quality that a person should have is that a person should be roa esanola, be able to see what's happening in the future. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let me just get through this. And then... Um, Rabbi Shimon Oimer, uh, and then Rabbi Lezer, excuse me, says, leave tov. Rabbi Lezer says, good heart. Then what's the worst quality? Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Rabbi Shimon says, somebody who borrows money and doesn't pay it back. If you're borrowing from a person, it's like borrowing from God. As it says in the Pasuk in Tehillim, a person who borrows as a wicked person, he doesn't pay back. That's, a, that's what a, a wicked person does. But tzaddik is gracious and he pays back. Then Rebbe Lezer says, Rebbe Lezer has a bad heart. Okay, so I want to focus. Um, I want to focus just on right now on Rebbe Shem Benesanel. I'm assuming that I'm going to be able to get through him. I'm assuming, I'm not guaranteeing, but I'm assuming I'll get through him. But, but I want to focus on, on Rabbi Shimon ben Asanel. So let's understand that Rabbi Shimon ben Asanel, what was his quality? His quality was Yerushchit, was fear of heaven. Well, that in itself is a problem because that doesn't really necessarily fit with the others. 
a chassid we described as somebody who is um, it was a, a person who is a self-imposed pressure, a person who is very motivated, a person who, who is driven to do what's right. Ashrei Yaladato, we talked about this person that has, that has great sensitivity. Nobelezman Hurkinus, who was a Borsud, he was a cemented cistern. We talked about somebody who was an objective learner. But this is a Frumkite issue. He's a Yarechet, he fears God. He feels the presence of God, which is an important thing. It's so important that we even say that when it comes to Chachmah, when it comes to wisdom, we say that Rashis Chachma Yiras Hashem. That what's the beginning of wisdom? The beginning of wisdom is fear of God. We don't disconnect fear of God from wisdom, but it's not necessarily that when you're giving the qualities and you're trying to keep it all on an even, on an even bearing. You're looking at all five of your students and you're trying to compare apples with apples. It's not really comparing apples with apples. Calling this student a Yarechet, how is that comparing it with what he called everybody else? That's my first problem. My second problem is he turns to that student and he says to him, go out and tell me what the best thing is you can develop. So he says, what's the best thing you can develop? Roa esanolad. Somebody who's able to see in the future. This was the way Alexander the Great, when they asked him, you know, what, what, what's a wise person? We had a discussion with the sages. So they came out that a wise person is a person who's roa esanolad. It's not really wisdom. A person who can see into the future it's, it's a very cunning person. It's a person who's got a lot of perceptiveness. But it's not necessarily a wise person. It's a person, again, with a gift, like we spoke about when we talked about the concept of, of remembering, of memory. We said that's a tremendous gift, memory. Well, this is also a tremendous gift to be able to, to look at life as a chess game. If I move here, then you're going to move there. And if I say this, then you're going to think that. And if I do this, then you're going to do that. And that's whilst that's a great quality, but I don't know if that's a quality that is the Derek Yeshara, the most important quality for a person to develop. And then he turns to his students and he says, what do you have to stay away from? So, of course, Rabbi Lezab and Hurkana says, you have to stay away from a bad eye because he felt that a good eye was the best thing. So you have to stay away from a bad eye. Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya said, well, if, a, if it's a good friend is the thing you have to embrace, then a bad friend you have to run away from. The same with Rabbi Yossi Cohen. If a good neighbor is what you have to embrace, then a bad neighbor is what you have to run away from. Rabbi Shimon ben Nisano says you have to be a roa esan nolad. And what's the opposite for him of a roa esan nolad? The opposite was lova v'yena mishalim. Borrowing and not paying back. What? Now, borrowing and not paying back, let's talk about that for a second. If, if you borrow money and you know you're not going to pay it back, what are you called? A Russia. That's, that, you're a crook. You borrow money without any intention of paying it back. And what do you call a person who borrows money and then life changes and he can't pay it back? A shlemazel, a nebuch. But it's not a quality. What would he say that the quality that you have to stay away from, the midah that you have to stay away from is a person who's lova ve'enu mishalim. What are you talking about? A lova ve'enu mishalim is either a crime or it's a nebuch. It's got nothing to do with you. It's out of your hands. The market changes. The dollar drops. You can't pay it back. It's not, you're not, it's not a, a, a quality. It's not a value judgment. It's a thing that happened to you. 
Why would he say that this is the thing that's most important to stay away from? Okay, so we have a lot to uncover here. I think that we have to, to start with an understanding of what is Yerashchit. What does it mean, fear of sin? We know that there are terminologies that we use when we talk about relationship with God. We talk about Yeras Shomayim. We talk about Yeras Chait. And very often we use them interchangeably. And very often you'll hear me say that it really is the same thing because getting into the, the fineness of the definition is not necessarily what's needed in the particular text or thing that we're studying. But here, the choice of words was very, very specific. And it didn't say a Yare Shomayim, a person who feared heaven, he said he was a person who feared sin. What does it mean to be afraid of sin? To be afraid of sin means to be afraid of doing the wrong thing. And it's not because I'm worried that I'm going to get punished. It's not because I'm worried that God is going to take it out on me. But because I want in my own personal integrity and my own personal self I'm very, very aware of who I am, and I'm aware of what I do. In order to be a yare chet, a person who's afraid of sin, is a person who, is, who has to be painfully aware of what's right and what's wrong. That I know that this is something that is a chet, this is something that is inherently wrong, and I know that this is something that is inherently good. And therefore, I am a yori. I am afraid that when I don't keep my eyes open, when I'm not so aware of myself, that I could end up stepping over a line. And that line to me is so bad because I know that it's inherently wrong. Therefore, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes open and be worried, be afraid of that, be concerned about stepping over that line. You know, it's a very interesting thing. If I were to ask you to describe a criminal for me, you would pick civil law and you would talk about how a person is a criminal, a person that steals, a person that encroaches somebody else's, somebody else's life, a person that, that kills. But if I were to ask you a person who committed, a person who committed a, a Torah crime, and when I say a Torah crime, everything is a Torah crime. But in other words, a person, say a person who wasn't careful with Lashon Hara, or a person who wasn't careful with Kashrus, a person who knew better and decided not to be careful with these things. Would we call that person a criminal? No, you would say that person has free choice. Person has person has the ability to be able to choose to be religious, not be religious, to do the mitzvahs, not to do the mitzvahs, to be precise with the mitzvahs or not precise with the mitzvahs. That's everybody's free choice. Everybody has that ability to choose. I don't think the Torah looks at it that way. I think the Torah understands, and that the reason why the Torah presented us, we spoke about this in the very, very, very beginning of Perkyavas, that I think that why the reason why the Torah presents to us the the world in a certain way with you know telling us about capital punishment and about capital crimes and if you do this you're going to you're going to certainly die or you're going to be cut off because the torah is only not threatening us the torah doesn't need to put us to death the torah needs us to understand that there are certain things that are inherently wrong 
There are certain things that from the very essence of what they are, they are wrong. Speaking Lashon Hara is a violation of our humanity. We're using our ability to speak, our Koach Hadibur, and we're using it for something wrong. That is inherently wrong. That it's inherently dishonest. If I've been given a life to be able to live in a certain way, then not to live in that way is inherently wrong. There's something right to the very core of that that is that is wrong and that's no good. And that's what the Torah, when it gives me punishments, when it tells me, when it tells me about the, the valuation of things, that's what the Torah is trying to, to, to impress on me, that there are things in the world that are right and things in the world that are wrong. The only way that I can fully understand what's truly right in this world and what's truly wrong in this world is by entering into the Torah and understanding life, understanding the world through the eyes of the Torah. You know, when, you, when we study things, I have, a, I have a student in particular who has a great difficulty with this idea. We, we just recently learned the Gemara, and the Gemara presented a case, and then the Gemara said, is it this or is it this? It gave two sides to the case. So the person said, well, it's this, and the other side is ridiculous. So I said, no, no, the other side's not ridiculous. The other side is another possibility. It could be A or it could be B, and then we wanted to decide which one it was. But you have to, what your job is to do is to enter into A and then to enter into B, even though you resonate with A, but to enter into B in order to be able to understand it. And once you enter into it, you'll understand it from a very different level. This is true in debating when we have, you know, a debating team in a school. So the the you know everybody always wants to get onto the team to debate the side that they are comfortable with. That doesn't make a great debater. What makes a great debater is to be able to debate something that you are a unfamiliar with. Then you call the you know a pulpit rabbi. But you're 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 debating something that you are unfamiliar with, and and debating something that you don't you you don't necessarily agree with, but you have to enter into it to understand it in order to be able to present it. Your greatest knowledge has come from those things, understanding those things that are not, are not simple and obvious to you. From understanding those truths that you've had to work on and you've had to iron out and you've had to flesh them out, those are the things that you have the greatest understanding of and ultimately the greatest connection to. Yiras chet is the understanding of right and wrong, not based on what you naturally resonate, what naturally resonates with you, what you feel is right and wrong, but through your investigation and understanding, through your looking behind things, you understand that this is something that is inherently right and this is something that is inherently wrong. And you are aware of what you're doing. You're aware of yourself and you say, you know what, what I'm doing is really not right. Now, many people have the ability to say that but only to say that, not to act on that. You know, what I'm, what I'm about to do is not really so right. And let's keep going. Right? People do that a lot of times with, with, with Lashon Hara. They identify, no, very clearly. You know, I really shouldn't say this is probably Lashon Hara. That's like the bracha rishona. It's like the bracha that we make on Lashon Hara. Right? What bracha do you make on Lashon Hara? You're saying, ah, really. It's the same thing as when we talk about things on Shabbos that we shouldn't talk about. There's a great Yiddish expression. Nisht of Shabbos, right? We shouldn't talk about this on Shabbos. Aber, uh, 
and then we go on. So it's like, you know, we make a brachach wrong, or we recognize that it's wrong, and somehow we think that by recognizing that it's wrong, we've given it an, uh, an approval that we can now continue doing what we're doing. No, a yarechid is a person who says, wait a second, if this is even on the edge of doing something wrong, I can't be doing that. I have to be more precise in my, in my life and in my actions. Because, and, and I'm aware of what I'm doing. I know that what I'm about to do now is no good. Not only do I know it, but I have the strength to be able to say, you know what, <clears throat> I'm going to be careful with this. Let's talk about a Roas Anolad. A person who sees into the future. A person who's able to see what hasn't yet, Nolad means, means something born. Roas Anolad means somebody who is able to see something that is not yet born into the world. Now, we take that in, a, in an interpersonal relationship. How is it possible that I can, that I can be Roa Esanola, that I can, I can understand where this conversation is going to go even before you say anything? Because I have a sensitivity and an understanding to what I'm doing. And I'm very, very aware, not only of what I'm expecting from you, but I am very, very aware of what I am saying and how you are going to take it. A good speaker, a good teacher, will constantly think about the things that they're going to say and teach, the way they're going to say them, to know how they're going to be taken by their students. And this is true also by friends, that I want to say something to you, but I want to make sure that you hear me. You don't hear the noise, the outer trappings. You don't hear the stuff that I wasn't trying to say, that you hear just the message that I'm trying to give you in the, in the most sensitive way, because I am, I am sensitive to what message I'm putting out there. You know, most of the time we're not many people, I shouldn't say most of us, but many people are not aware of the message that they're putting out of what they're outputting. They're aware of what other people are outputting, but they're not so aware of what they're outputting. Now, I've had this experience many times. People will come to shul. We happen to have had in, in, in La Jolla, we, have had, we had a, an incredibly friendly shul, a very open place. It was, it was well known for this. And you would get every once in a while, somebody would come and say, you know, write a letter after Shabbos, and I was a guest in your shul, and you know, I, I could have died on the floor and nobody would have noticed me. And and that's that's not usually that's not usually a description of uh, of our synagogue. So you know, and then you think back on the person and say, "Oh yeah, I remember that guy. That guy had a scowl on his face the entire time. He looked like like, like he if you were to walk over to him and say good Shabbos, he would say go away. You know, he just had just you you uh, giving off a certain impression. And then you know, the person left early. They didn't even stay for kiddush. So like, when did they expect that somebody was going to talk to them, like in the middle of davening? So the person was so totally aware of what they were expecting to come to them, but they were completely unaware of the way that they, of what the message was that they were putting out. Aroas Hanolad is a person who is painfully, fully aware, and I'm painfully, fully aware of what it is they're outputting and what it is they're going to be giving and putting out into this world. And the way to do that is by understanding how I'm going to be perceived, is by thinking things out the way you think them out. You know, I want to go back to learning for a second. When, when you study Torah and you learn a commentary, so a lot of times you'll read a Rashi and it just, you don't, you don't understand, like, what's, what's he talking about? 
The only way to understand that Rashi, you could look at some of the super commentaries of Rashi if you want, but there's a better way to do it. And the better way to do it is to try to enter into Rashi's mind. What did Rashi see here that would have caused him to say that? Now, there is a commentary called the Sif Sechachamim, and that's exactly what the Sif Sechachamim does. He enters into Rashi's head, and he said that this is what was going on in the head and the mind of Rashi, that Rashi would have commented this way. Rashi knew, understood this, 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 and that's why he said this. And that's, that's, what a, that's what a Roas Hanolet is. A Roas Hanolet is, is a person who is able to enter into the other person's mind and imagine, how are you going to take what I'm going to say? How are you going to perceive what I'm going to say? That's a Yarechet. I'm going to enter into God's mind and I'm going to understand to be sensitive from the world, from God's perspective. From mine, I might not be sensitive to this, but from God's perspective, God is perspective, God was sensitive to this. God said that this is something that's evil. I don't see how it's so evil. I don't see how it's really so bad, but I know that God sees this as something bad because I'm willing to be able to enter into your mind. I'm willing to be able to step out of myself and see the world from your perspective. So what's the worst? The worst quality is lova vieno mishalem. You borrow money and you don't pay it back. Now, as we asked before, how is that the worst quality that a person can have? Lova vieno mishalem. So if you look at the Pasuk that's quoted in Tehillim, in the chat, it's there, it's the, at the end of the Hebrew and also the end of the English, that the Pasuk says, the wicked borrow and don't repay but the righteous deal graciously and give. Now, the righteous give. Why did you have to say the righteous deal graciously and give? But a tzaddik is choning. He deals graciously. The, the tzaddik gives. The rasha doesn't. The wicked person doesn't. The tzaddik does. So I think, who are we talking about when we say a lova vein Somebody borrows and he doesn't pay back. We're not talking about somebody who knew he wasn't going to pay back. We're not talking about somebody who couldn't pay back. The only other case would be somebody who borrowed money, had every intention to pay it back, and when he was about to pay it back, some other need came up that required him to use that cash for something else, and he used it for something else and didn't pay his debt back goes to the person, he says to him, listen, I know it was supposed to be due today. I was supposed to give you the money back today, but something else came up. I needed the money. I'll, you know, God willing, I'll be able to pay you back soon. Says Rabbi Shem ben Asanel, that's the worst quality the person could have. It's a little shabby. Why is it the worst quality? Because it's the exact opposite of Roes and Nolad and because it's not entering into the mind of another person. You needed the money. You couldn't pay it back. 100% correct. But did you stop to think for a minute? This person took money out of their bank account to lend you money. This person did some, some great taiva for you. They changed their life around for you because they put your needs in front of theirs and you didn't have that same sensitivity. 
to be able to put their needs in front of yours. Because the worst quality is when all you can see is what you're receiving. All you can see is your needs. All you can see is you. That's the worst quality. And that's Rabbi Shimon ben Nisano. When Rabbi Shimon ben Nisano says, Yore chait, ro'es hanolad, lova ve'inu mishalim, what Rabbi Shimon ben is saying is that you have to be self-aware. And to be self-aware, you've got to enter into the mind of another person, enter into the mind of God, enter into the mind of a human being, and don't get lost in your own self, and your own inside. It's all the same quality. Because for Rabbi Shimon ben the most important thing is the ability to be able to see the world from somebody else's perspective. Yore Chait was not a description of his religious life. Yore Chait was a description of his intellectual life. Because he feared sin, it wasn't that he was a person who walked around all the time, oh my God, maybe that's wrong, oh my God, I can't do that, maybe that's wrong, oh my God, maybe I can't do that. It wasn't, it wasn't that he was neurotic about it, but that he was afraid of it because he understood it. Because he had such a clear picture of what was right and wrong, it was so clear to him because he had entered into it from God's perspective that it was clear what he could and couldn't do, what he should and shouldn't do. And therefore, he was always careful to stay away from that because he was sensitive to the world based on the way God saw it. That translated itself into his relationships. And he was sensitive to the world based on your view of the world. If my interaction was going to be with you, then I was entering into the world through your eyes. And the worst is when you can't see that, when all you can see is from your own eyes and from your own perspective. That's Rabbi Shimon Nisano. So it's a good thing I didn't promise and just, and just hoped that I was going to get through two of them today. And I did not, as, as, is, as is obvious. So we have, we have the last one left for tomorrow to put the cap on this. Rabbi Leza ben Orach, who was a Mayon Hamizgaber, an ever-rejuvenating spring. So we got to talk about what that is. And then he said, Lev Tov, good heart, and Lev Ra, bad heart. And then we're going to have to talk about the last little phrase in the Mishnayos, which is that there was a machlokas, a difference of opinion between the Rebbe, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, and Abba Shoal, as to which was the best quality. Which one of these, if they were put on the side of the scale, would weigh down all the others, which means that they were arguing about which one is best. Well, Whenever you have an argument in the Talmud, you must ask the question, what are they really arguing about? That a good eye is better than a good heart. What are they? They're arguing about physiology. They're arguing about body parts. What are they arguing about? What is the real machlokas that this one is better than that one or that one is better than this one? God willing, we'll do that tomorrow.